0: Welcome to Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici.
1: Hello, Fraser. Hey, how are you? I'm
0: doing great. Happy
1: Black Friday, maybe. Happy is Black that, is Friday. The, yep. Is that a thing we should be thankful for?
0: I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking for something cheap on Amazon. I don't know what I'm going to get, but I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping my eye out. Maybe one of those fire TV sticks just so I can watch the grand tour.
1: Yeah, there's even a discount on the Amazon Echo, which I quite like. So there's a bunch of good things (laughs) on Amazon.
0: I I bought an Amazon Echo and I sent it back because the UK version doesn't do very much useful. And my daughter, Georgia, who's three, she still asks me where Alexa went and is really upsetting. And I'm I'm (laughs) almost to the point where I'm going to buy another one just so she can have Alexa back in her life again. She's (laughs) cursed them for giving it a name. You know, it's like the lobster. You never give it a name so you can eat it. (laughs) Never give your assistant a name.
1: You know, what we should be thankful for Fraser mm-hmm. really for workflow. It's oh, an amazing yeah. app. I hear from people. It's a good, pretty good app.
0: People seem you know? to be liking it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and people seem to be getting a lot out of this series. I mean, I think the feedback we've had online is that uh, one of the, the things that people seem to think are strongest about this series is when we give examples of actual workflow. So we've, we've packed in quite a few of those for the second half of the show. So hold on, And we'll definitely give you some real-world examples of what we do with Workflow uh, on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, and there's so much to talk about. I mean, we'll we'll never be finished. So let's just jump right in. Today, we're going to talk about Workflow and third-party apps.
0: Yeah, so this is... Uh, This is where it gets really interesting, I think, when you can script Workflow just to, uh, you can do its own actions and set variable and show notification and stuff like that. But uh, when you start to hook up with third-party apps, that's when I think Workflow gets really, really interesting. And you're ahead of me on this, I think. A lot of my workflows are very much kind of within Workflow itself, doing calculations and things. I kind of treat it like a programming language, whereas you're much more into uh, connecting it to third-party things.
1: Yeah, I think it, Uh, The ability to connect Workflow with apps is one of the most interesting areas of the app. Um, Not only because you can create these automations that we've seen in the past with apps like Launch Center Pro or Launcher or even Drafts, the way that you can use URL schemes for these basic app actions. The thing about Workflow is that it provides you with an interface um, to create these app actions, these automations that do stuff with other apps, but also lets you combine all of the actions that we've talked about. Um, for example, we've talked about variables, uh, we've talked about notifications, dates, you can combine all of that, you can combine all of the system actions that Workflow already supports and integrate those with apps, with other apps on your device, and. The result is this uh, series of recipes of, you know, automations that you can create that are not just limited to text, but you can work uh, with images, you can work with documents and you can have these bits of data end up in your favorite apps. And it's one of the most interesting aspects of the automation that Workflow does. It's not just about text and URL schemes. It's not just about programming. It's this combination of multiple factors together. And the, the end result is this interface that allows you to build app actions way more easily than it used to be in the past, and you don't have to take care of, you know, URL schemes, encoding, text, all of that craft from, from a different era is gone in workflow. And you can create these actions, uh, you can mix and match your data, you can use variables, you can use conditions, you can do all kinds of things than old, that old uh, URL scheme launchers could never do.
0: Yeah, so I think that there's a number of interesting things we're going to talk about today, but one of the things I just wanted to mention, Federico, before we kind of dive into all of the, the technology we're going to talk about is that uh, I know there are a number of uh, OmniFocus users in the audience, and uh, people are keen to know more about how to automate OmniFocus specifically. I was recently on uh, a show called Learn OmniFocus Live. It's a, it's a kind of uh, OmniFocus uh, user group webinar, and I was talking for I did about an hour show and it was all about scripting and templating OmniFocus using workflow. Oh, nice. So you, you people can check that if they want. It's learnomnifocus.com and we'll put a, a full link to the exact place in the show notes. But basically what I did there is I showed off uh, a part of my OmniFocus setup and then I showed uh, three or four of the kind of main workflows that I use to template uh, projects and things with OmniFocus. Uh, some of which I think are pretty cool and some of which I certainly use every day. One of which I'll mention here, but if you're interested in more, check out uh, that session at learnomnifocus.com as well. So let's go back to some of the basics. So we have talked about these before, Federico, about communication between apps and iOS. And yeah. as we've said before, the basic mechanism is the URL scheme. And what this is under the hood is this allows apps... And the app developer has to do this to register their own URL scheme in place of what you normally see in a URL, which is HTTP. And of course, Safari owns that on on iOS. When when another app asks the system to open a URL, the app that has registered for that scheme will open instead of Safari. Uh, And as part of this, the app that originates this request can include extra information about what action they want the receiving app to take when it opens. But it's necessary, it's important to understand that it's necessary for both ends of this operation to have built in support for this. So if you want to use uh, Workflow to natively talk to OmniFocus, Workflow has, the people who develop Workflow has to do some work and the people who develop OmniFocus have to do some work as well. Because the originating app needs to know how to generate the correct URL scheme that the receiving app will understand. And the receiving app has to, of course, register for that URL scheme and also handle that information correctly. So in case people are confused about this, just to be clear, there's no way for the user to simply enable URL support in an app that doesn't support it. It's quite important to understand that before we go on.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want to do a single show on just explaining what URL schemes are and what they do. But just to sum up, it's one of the oldest way to uh, have some kind of automation on iOS. And developers over the years have tried to do more than probably what Apple was expecting uh, URL schemes to provide. Initially, they started as a way for the system to open an app. For example, if you ask Siri to open one of your apps, it's going to use a URL scheme to to launch that app. And it's the same idea with iOS settings. All of those uh, actions that launch an app or a screen are based on URL schemes. What we're going to talk about is how developers are using URL schemes um, to provide actions uh, performing actions in addition to opening uh, apps. So think about uh, the standard HTTP URL scheme. When you open Safari, you go to a web page. But when you use a URL scheme on iOS with automation, not only are you going into a specific view of an app, uh, you're also going to perform an action, which is a, you know the next step of iOS automation, well, uh, w- basically what Workflow uses to, Provide all of these local app actions, uh, but there's also a next level to URL schemes, which is called X callback URL. Which, if you use Drafts or any other app by uh, Agile Tortoise, you're probably familiar with. Uh, this standard of uh, URL scheme automation was uh, created by Greg Pierce, the developers, the developer Drafts, um, many many years ago. Initially, it used to be a feature. Uh, to integrate with Instapaper, I think, back when Marco Arment was making Instapaper. And uh, eventually it became the standard of, mm, you know, the callback URL. It's a way to let two apps communicate, just like standard uh, URL schemes. But in addition to launching, you can also monitor uh, what the action does. And if the action you launch is successful, you can do something else. And if the action is not su- successful, if maybe there's an error, or if maybe the user cancels the action, you can do something else as well. So it's a way to go beyond the one-way communication scheme of app a says I'm gonna launch app B, and that's it. You can actually do some kind of conditions. So if I launch this action, if it, if it you know if I find success, I can return to the to the original app, or I can do something else. If there's an error, I can do something else uh, entirely different. So it's a deeper way to launch apps with uh, URL schemes, and just to provide you with some quick examples. Um, For example, Ulysses, which is one of the best text editors on iOS, um, it has the concept of a sheet, which is uh, an individual text document. And a sheet is included in a a much larger uh, project, which uh, usually is called uh, a group, and you use groups to organize multiple sheets. There's a URL scheme to create new sheets in Ulysses, which I've been using quite a lot over the past few months. And you you can create a sheet... Uh, with some filled-in specific content. So for example, let's say that you want to create a new sheet in Ulysses for something you select in Safari. You can create a workflow that takes the Safari selection and puts it into Ulysses. But then if you... Once you create the, uh, the sheet in Ulysses, so you run this workflow, you put the content into a new sheet in Ulysses into an existing group. This is all done with the URL scheme. But if you want to, you can return to workflow. And this is just one example of you know, the power of callback URLs and the idea of monitoring what happens. Uh, checking if an action is successful, providing information about the source app, so the app that sent the first request. This is all possible with workflow. There are two different actions, as we'll see uh, during this show, Um, but the key to understand URL schemes is there's a basic way to do it, which is just launch the, the URL, and that's it, and whatever happens, happens, or you can monitor what happens. But again, the app has to support X callback URL, the technology. You cannot enable it yourself. The developer has to support it. So, the app that you want to launch has to support callback URLs. And the best apps that use this feature are the ones that are truly optimized for it, that provide either an interface or dialogues to either return to what you were doing or to go to another app. Um, As we'll see, it depends on the kind of app that you want to launch. There are some great examples uh, supported by Workflow, but if an app doesn't support X callback URL, usually it does support a basic URL scheme, and you can use that one instead.
0: So the question is, how do you know which apps implement this kind of support? And the answer is there's not yeah. really a good way to know unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's no you know you can go into settings and you can see settings for individual apps. Well, There's nowhere in the system that shows you which apps have registered for which URL schemes. So it's a bit of a You've got to kind of go looking for this support. Uh, Some apps, of course, like Drafts, for example, are are really sort of fundamentally based on the use of URL schemes and make a big deal of their support for them. Um, Other times, you've got to go looking in the documentation. Other times, you've got to just get to know the developer on Twitter and ask them if such a thing exists, and maybe they'll tell you that it does or doesn't. Um, There's no discovery mechanism for this. You've just got to look at the help or contact the support channel for that app and find out. But... To be clear, Workflow has three different ways to interact with third-party apps. And we're going to just go through from the most basic kind of uh, bare metal version up to the nicest way of doing it. Um, Or maybe, actually, let's go the other way. Let's go from the nicest ones first and then go back down under the hood. The easiest way is Workflow, the developers of Workflow have built some actions into Workflow, into the catalog which give you kind of nice user interface blocks for essentially creating a URL scheme and then firing it off. So some examples, there's one called create an entry in day one. Day one is a great journaling app that many people use. Uh, You can fill in either by hand or in in your workflow or by using variables, Uh, you can fill in the entry and then you can send it straight to workflow. Uh, There's another one called get items from pocket, which is really powerful. Save with transmit. Is another one. Transmit is a file transfer application. If you've been looking for FTP support on iOS or access to Amazon S3, Transmit from Panic is a great app. If you use IFTTT, as I know many people do, triggering an IFTTT applet is possible through one of Workflow's built-in actions. Running something in editorial is possible too. Creating a Trello card is another example and, and searching in Tweetbot. So many things you might want to do. So. Just to take that last example, you could grab some information maybe from the user or from a file or something, search it for a particular term, take that term, search it in TweetBot, and the end result of that Workflow would be to fire off a URL scheme. Now, you haven't had to build that by hand, but Workflow has done it in the background, and you get the nice uh, user interface that we're used to in Workflow. The second way is by uh, generating uh, the URL by yourself, combining variables and text, Basically, substituting together a URL scheme based on you know the URL scheme colon double slash, and then you've got to make it all up, uh, and then using the action called open URL, and that will launch it. And then the final way is to create an X callback URL, which for which workflow has got a separate action called open X callback URL, and that lets you specify everything about it. So as Federico was saying, when you launch an X callback URL, you specify uh, where you're going, and you specify which URLs the receiving application should call back to you on both success and failure, so you can monitor that and you can get back that information. So the workflow has explicit support for that, and it's a way to you know go to another application, continue do some work there, and then continue the work in workflow again without restarting the workflow and so on. So it's those are the different three ways that you can go: built-in actions, hand-created open URL, and finally X callback URL. And the difference between those last two is really whether or not you want to come back to workflow and continue doing something after you go to the app, or whether going to the app is the last stage of the workflow. That's really what makes a difference. Federico, can I tell you about a sponsor? Sure. Yes. Okay. I want to tell you about Pingdom. Okay, so this week's episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash you'll get a 14-day free trial, and when you enter the offer code BLACKFRIDAY at checkout, you get a special 50% off your first invoice on all annual plans, excluding the enterprise plan. Pingdom's focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone who has a site, and they do this by offering powerful and easy-to-use tools and services. For example, if you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze. Pingdom take care of this by using more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. These days, websites are becoming more sophisticated and often they include several dependencies, such as contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, loads more. So Pingdom makes it possible to monitor the availability of all of these key interactions that people will have with your site. It's not just about the whole site anymore. So let's be real. Stuff breaks on the internet all the time and every month Pingdom detects around 13 million outages which is more than 400,000 every day. So regardless of whether you've got a small website or you're managing a complete infrastructure, it's super important to monitor availability and performance. All Pingdom needs is a URL you want to monitor and they take care of the rest. When Pingdom detects an outage, you'll be immediately alerted so you can fix the error before the downtime affects you because you don't want to be caught out when someone wants access to your site and they can't. So you need Pingdom. Check it out today and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day free trial and 50% off your first invoice on all annual plans, excluding enterprise, when you enter the offer code Black Friday at checkout. Thank you to Pingdom for their support of this show and all of FM.
1: So, of course, Fraser, I thought we should have some, ex- some examples of what can be done with workflow and third-party app integrations. And... Of all the, the types of app actions that you mentioned, today we're going to focus on the ones that take advantage of apps that are locally installed on your device. Some of the apps that are available under the apps category in the workflow library, some of those actions are based on web services. They don't require an app to be installed on your device. And some of these actions include Pocket, Todoist, Trello, and others, even Dropbox, for example. Today, we're going to focus on the app actions that require an app to be installed on your device, and that's either going to be launched by a URL scheme or through an extension. And the first app that I want to mention, Fraser, is Blink. Blink is made by my friend and colleague, John Voorhees, and it's an app to convert um, an App Store link, any iTunes link, really, into an affiliate one. So if you're, you know, if you're a member of the iTunes affiliate program, you can earn commissions from uh, people who click and buy products from your links, and it's a great way to make money. If you're a developer, if you're a blogger, if you're, you know, a person who shares links with friends and you know on social media, but generating these links is a bit of a pain on iOS. You need to uh, modify the URL with a bunch of parameters and you know text variables. And it can be automated with Workflow, but it's best if you use Blink because it provides an interface to search for an app, for example, and it shows you rich results and it shows you the price and you can copy the link. And Blink has excellent support for URL schemes and the workflow guys have added a native Blink action in Workflow, one of those action blocks that you never see the URL scheme, you just see the action. These these two Blink actions, like many others, they use URL schemes under the hood, but you never see them. You just see the visual action. There's two Blink actions that you can use convert URL and search in Blink. If you try to convert URL with Blink, you will be able to pass any link from Workflow to Blink, which will convert the link into an affiliate one. This is especially useful if you copy a link to an app from someone on Twitter or from a blog or if you just copy a link from an email, for example, and you want to make that link an affiliate one with your information. You can automate that with workflow. And it's especially useful if you combine get URLs from input and convert URL in Blink. And it's, again, very useful if you make this workflow an action extension. This means that in any app, you can share a link Workflow will get the link and it will launch Blink, which will convert the link with your own affiliate information. Very useful. Or if you don't have a link and you need to search for a product first, you can use the Search in Blink action. This allows you to pass any text value from Workflow to Blink, which will start loading the iTunes API to provide you with search results from iTunes. So you can look for apps, you can look for songs and movies, anything you can use with the iTunes affiliate program. This is very useful. I use Blink every day, and not because John is my friend or is you know <laughs> works for MacStories, it's generally a fantastic utility. Um, the second app, which is quite possibly one of the best uh, examples of uh, iOS automation, at least uh, released this year, is Ulysses. So Ulysses came out with this big new iOS version uh, on the iPhone and iPad and they added this extensive support for URL schemes and the workflow guys, of course, also added some visual Ulysses actions based on these uh, URL schemes. And it's, I think it's one of the best examples of uh, iOS automation with third-party apps done visually in workflow. Um, As I mentioned before, Ulysses is organized in groups and and sheets. A sheet is basically a document, it's a text document, uh, but with some peculiarities, especially if you use iCloud. Unlike the classic .txt file uh, that you may use with Dropbox, for example, sheets in Ulysses can have extra information attached. Um, An attachment to a sheet can be an image or it can be some text notes, or it can be some keywords, basically like tags. And the URL scheme supports all of these very unique features of Ulysses. So of course you can create a new sheet, this is the basic, you can decide to pass some text, either plain text or Markdown or HTML, and you will create this new document with the text already filled in. But you can go a little deeper, you can, for example, say, I want to create a new document into this existing group. And the way, you, the way that you do this is you need to use both Ulysses and Workflow for a bit of, a, of an initial setup. In Ulysses, you need to, sh- to swipe on a sheet and you will see an option to copy the identifier. The identifier is a Ulysses feature, but it's actually one of the common trends of iOS automation. To identify a specific view of an app, you either refer to that view by name or with an ID. And the, the the reference to this sheet in Ulysses needs to be pasted into Workflow. If you do that, you will be able to say, I want to create a new document with this pre-filled specific text into this existing specific group. And with just one tap of the play button in Workflow, you will create that document and it will already be placed for you into that existing group. But there's something else that I want to mention, which is you can attach data to sheets and you can append new text into an existing sheet. So the first type is quite impressive. Uh, You can work with Ulysses to say, I know I have this text document. I want to attach a screenshot or a photo to this document. And the way that you do that, uh, as you can imagine, it's not the usual text-based automation that you're sending some text to a URL scheme. You need to convert an image, which is a file, it's not text, into a string of text. So how is that possible? There's this amazing technology called the Base64 encoding, which is a way for programs to turn a file object into a string of text. It's a very long string of text, by the way. <laughs> and to do that manually, it's basically impossible. You need a computer to do that kind of encoding. Or you need workflow, which is the easiest way to do any kind of basics for encoding and decoding, uh, on whether it's the Mac or iOS. So all you need to do is, you get an image from workflow, as you usually do. You can be you know from the Action extension, or you can use the Select Photos action. Once you have an image, once you save that to a variable you can pass that image to the base64 encode action, which will turn the image file into this insanely long string of text of random characters and numbers. It looks like nothing. It's just a long string of text. But you can use that string of text as a variable with the Ulysses action, because Ulysses will see that incoming long string of text. It'll know that it's a base64 encoded image. And once you run this workflow, instead of ending up with a sheet that has an attachment that looks like random garbage of text, you will see the actual image, because it'll it'll be decoded. So Workflow, what it does, is a bunch of interesting things. It gets an image, converts the image from a file to a string of text using Base64, then it launches Ulysses, and it launches Ulysses saying, I want to put this image into an existing sheet, which I'm referencing with an ID, into an existing group. It's quite complex automation, really. And on on its end, Ulysses says, okay, I see that I have some text that I need to put into this sheet, that I need to put into this group. And I also see that there's a, a very long string of text, which is quite possibly a file that I need to decode and I need to put in the attachment sidebar. And you see nothing of this. In the old days, it used to be you had to provide this URL scheme manually. Now you can do it all automatically with workflow. But the workflow, yeah, yeah, it's very very cool. The workflow, the Ulysses workflow that I use a lot is the ability to put some text in an existing sheet, whether it's at the top of the sheet or at the bottom. So it's called append or prepend mode. I use this for um, the CloudMax storage newsletters, um, every time a person sends me a question, I want to quickly reformat and include these questions into an existing sheet that I have in Ulysses. And the way that I do this is I use an, the native Ulysses actioning workflow, which allows you to say, provided you know, that you have a sheet ID and that you have some text. In my case, it's the markdown text. You can say, I want to put this text into this existing document, which already has some text in it. And I want to put this new content either at the top or at the bottom. And when you do, there's a toggle in workflow. You can tap it to you know to switch it on and off. You can say, I also want to create a new line so that the new content will be separated by a new line from the old content. And I use this dozens of times every single week. Um, and this kind of automation, I know that it can be, especially for just listening, it can be quite confusing to understand because from a technical level, there's a lot of interesting things going on. But the, the, the important aspect to remember, you don't have to know any single thing I just explained. You don't have to know what a URL scheme does. You don't have to know what Base64 encoding does. Because of the visual action and because of the way the workflow explains things, you can just drop in this Three or four actions, and you're done. Until three years ago, this was not possible. And this is a big deal for iOS automation. And I will include examples of this Ulysses automation that that you can do with workflow. But before. Yeah, I know it's I, I'm going crazy with this, with this stuff. <laughs> I think
0: one of the things to say with that though is it's very interesting like uh, I, I see that more and more in my workflow scripting as well with apps like OmniFocus and Dropbox and Ulysses that people are starting to build up like um, permanent structures on iOS where you have things like I've got these things that I always have, like this project I always have in OmniFocus or this destination folder in Dropbox or this uh, destination group in Ulysses. And my workflow is really based on these things existing. We're not just doing like ad hoc little bits and pieces here anymore. We're really building, you know, for pro iOS users, we're really building our lives on this platform. And these things really matter to have like... To be able to script right into an individual item in an application is—that's yep. really the next level stuff. Like OmniFocus and Ulysses are doing these kind of things for us now.
1: Yeah, and I think the trend towards um, going beyond text in URL schemes and automation has also been picking up this year. Yeah, uh, I see many, many more apps switching to this base sixty-four encoding process to pass data, to pass documents, to pass files. Uh, to the URL scheme, which is not usually supported because, again, it's just text. So how can you make an image into text? And a lot of developers, I think the Omni group was actually first with this idea and others followed. So like Ulysses or uh, even Bear, which I'm going to mention shortly. Uh, It's a a fantastic new way to do even more automation. Before I let you talk about OmniFocus because I want to hear about this, I have just one more I guess one of, one of the more simple examples, which is due. Dew is a timer a reminder app for iOS. One of the best iOS apps, really. It lets you set up timers and reminders and it, and it nags you until you complete uh, those timers and reminders. And there's an action in Workflow. Uh, it lets you enter a title, a due date, and even, you can even set repeat options um, directly from Workflow. I used to do a lot of due automation. Um, what was that? Three, four years ago. And it was all done manually. And I remember having to come up with these um, parameters for things like dates and timers I needed to manually convert uh, minutes to seconds and hours to seconds because Mm. it's just the way the programs talk to each other, you know they talk in seconds, they don't talk in human-like language, well you don't have to do any of that in workflow, you can just pass any date variable, which is assembled very easily from workflow you can pass it to due sorry <clears throat> I'm talking too much. <coughs> <laughs> and thanks to workflows handling of dates, you can use natural language. You can use you know any of the other options in workflow and pass it off to Due, and you will automate the creation of a reminder. But if you want to go crazy, this is probably next level uh, automation. I talk about I, I talk about this topic every once in a while in my in my newsletters. Due is one of the few apps that have has excellent support for X callback URLs, and one of the things you can do is if you create a new reminder in you and you include a link can be a link to a web page or it can be a, a URL scheme it doesn't matter you will always see a URL scheme as something it needs to launch there's no difference to the system and to you specifically whether it's a traditional web page or an app that you want to launch when you complete the reminder you can say, I see you have a link in here. Do you want to open this link now that the reminder is complete? Now, uh, you're probably getting to what I'm going, but if you include a URL scheme into a due reminder, once you complete the reminder, you can go to another app. And this opens up some crazy possibilities, such as you can do recursive reminders into due. Because (laughs) if you link to due itself... Let's say that you have a reminder that needs to run every time you complete one, such as do the laundry. So once the laundry is done, I need to be a reminder for the next laundry. If you use your schemes inside you, once you complete the first one, you can already trigger the second one and on and on. And you can create all of these crazy crazy recipes from workflow because you can create the template there and, you know, it. All up to your imagination. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and I suppose you, you could also use in there something like, you know, uh, at a certain time, I want to check this website and put yeah. the, the website in there because when when you provide URLs for X callback, what you're providing is a URL to launch on success and a URL to launch on failure. It yeah. doesn't matter whether those are URL schemes into apps as as they're sort of intended to be or actually URLs to the web. Jew is just going to launch them either way, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think... Uh I I've seen people go into the deep hole of Due <laughs> automation in the past. Yep. Uh I know my my friend and and also colleague Alex used to do some crazy things with Due. Uh so be careful or you're never gonna <laughs> gonna finish you know, playing around with
0: this. <laughs> yeah, that could take you away. Let me talk about only focus. Yeah. Yes. Uh Omnifocus has really got two parts to its automation story on iOS. Since since Omnifocus 2.1.14, I think it is, uh, which is now a few revisions old. There, the first part is that Omnifocus understands a plain text format called Task Paper to import anything from a single task up to a whole project into your Omnifocus database. Now, Task Paper was there's an app called Task Paper, but it's also a, a file format. So it's kind of like markdown but for to-do items if you like. So it's a plain text format and just using dashes and spacing and stars and the at sign and various uh, specific keywords, you can in plain text create a whole OmniFocus project and then just OmniFocus can just sort of suck it all in and put it into your database. Uh, The biggest one I've done had over 350 individual tasks in it and uh, that worked perfectly. just send it all to OmniFocus and OmniFocus created a whole project uh, with all 300 odd tasks in it and it it worked perfectly. Uh, And Task Paper allows you to really specify everything about a project, all of those tasks, subtasks, due dates. uh, And there's one or two things which uh, this is the only way to create them just on iOS. So for example, the idea of a task that has subtasks you can't actually make that in the iOS version of OmniFocus, but you can, if you can create it in text, you can either copy and paste it manually or send it to OmniFocus using the send to OmniFocus uh, workflow action as well. The What I find with the way that I script OmniFocus very often is that, uh, well, back up a little second, this is an obvious way to template things for omnifocus, which is a feature that people have wanted for a long time is to be able to have template projects in Omnifocus. Yeah. (laughs) And and what I do with this is I I use workflows to keep my templates around. And what I do is I I use a text block in, in workflow and I just type in my project in task paper format into that text block. But then quite often what I want to do is I want to customize that with some relevant information. So as one example, I have a a, a a workflow script where I have an OmniFocus project templated out, which tells me like, if a teacher in my school is going to be off one day, what what do I need to do to cover their absence? Okay, uh, and I've got a little uh, the four or five step sub project in OmniFocus, and but inside the the space for due dates. Those have all got to be, of course, relative to the day the teacher is going to be off. So what the workflow does is it asks me, well, who's the teacher who's going to be off? And the next thing it asks me is what date are they going to be off? And then I do a little bit of date arithmetic so that I do things like uh, write cover for their classes uh, two days before they're going to be off. Uh, And then I also check their playground duty and check the diary to make sure they haven't got anything else to do that day they're going to be off. And I create those uh, due dates. Uh, based on the day that I say the teacher's going to be off minus one day or minus two days uh, however early, however much earlier I want to do those tasks and then I send that all to OmniFocus and it's a fire and forget because all I need is the name of the teacher and the date and, OmniFo- and workflow then to OmniFocus will create those projects for me so it's, it's really uh, a That's very really powerful cool. way to keep your OmniFocus templates around and then uh, uh, just fire them off with some customization whenever you need them um, so that's that's kind of what I do most often with OmniFocus uh, and workflow is to template out projects and then substitute relevant variables in for things that are, you know, time sensitive. For example, typically dates, but also customizing it a little bit to individual people. Because what I find is that if I have uh, relevant data in the task, it's easier to do the task right there and then without having to go back and check things like email, for example. So how does workflow can help with this? Well, workflows get two. Uh, native built-in OmniFocus actions. And the first is called add item to OmniFocus, which is, uh, as you might expect, that's the kind of native uh, form-filling interface. So if you drag that action into your workflow, it expands out to a a way to specify every individual field of an OmniFocus task. So project, context, due date, flag status, all of those things. And of course, you can include variables into that as well. So if if your project is... uh, if your workflow ends up with just a single task being generated, uh, you can use Add item to OmniFocus and just set it up that way and send it over to OmniFocus. But if you're doing something more like the templating approach I was just talking about, you can use the Add Task Paper to OmniFocus action, and what that does is if you have a variable or an input to that action, which is a block of task paper formatted text, that will that action will take all of that information, package it up as a as a URL scheme call and send it all to OmniFocus and what you can do there is you can either specify to add it just to the inbox if it's a bunch of tasks or add it to the projects if it's a project by itself because with with Task paper, you can either specify just a number of tasks in a flat list or you can actually put some structure in it and you, and you can have OmniFocus treat that as a project as well. Now if you want to get really fancy and this is what I do for my staff absences project uh, workflow is that I um I actually script it and I do build the OmniFocus URL scheme by hand here to insert those tasks directly into a specific project inside OmniFocus. Oh, so nice. Kind of like, like your thing with, uh, with Ulysses. Yeah. I have this yeah. project called Staff Absences, which may or may not have something in it, uh, but it stays there all the time. And whenever a, a, a new staff absence comes up, uh, for example, we had two teachers called for jury duty in the past two weeks, which has been a killer. But... Um, what I do there is I have that project and I actually insert those tasks directly into that individual project so they don't clutter up my OmniFocus inbox. Each one of them is not a project as such because it's not that big a deal. It's just a, a subtask of a, a bigger job which is to just look after the staff absences at school. So I template that out and then I generate that OmniFocus URL and one of the action that you give to OmniFocus is paste but you can now as of recent versions you can give it a target And in that target, you can see the name of a project and what OmniFocus does for people who are familiar with OmniFocus is when you uh, search for a project name, OmniFocus will try and do a smart match of some text. So it applies whatever project name you give there. It does the smart match that it would do if you were typing into OmniFocus directly and then it finds a project and it sends whatever you've sent to it right into that project. So you can actually go down to that level of firing things deep inside individual projects, or you can just make new projects, or you can just drop tasks into the into the inbox in OmniFocus. All of those things work, uh, and it just depends on how, how specific it is, the thing you're doing, whether or not you might want to go down to that level. But at a high level, workflow helps you with add item to OmniFocus, which is the easiest one to use. And the second one is add task paper to OmniFocus, where you've got to, you've got to script the generation of task paper content. But once you've done that, you can use that action as the last item in your project just to send it straight to OmniFocus, and you're done.
1: That's quite impressive, really. It's very, very that, cool. I know that um, our friend uh, CGP Grey is a big mm-hmm. fan of... Uh, OmniFocus automation with workflow and especially with the task paper format, he's been doing a lot of a lot of these things. It's very impressive.
0: When I got a grip of the fact that I could actually keep my OmniFocus templates in workflows, that unlocked a whole lot of things for me because previously I was thinking, well, it's, it's great that I can now template an OmniFocus project, but where am I going to keep that and how am I going to get it into OmniFocus? Am I going to keep it in a text document and then copy and paste it? And it doesn't really feel right. But putting it into Omni, uh, putting it into workflow and then scripting some customization and then automatically putting it into OmniFocus. That's a, that's a whole game changer. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the Omni documentation for both the URL schemes and the elements of the task paper format that OmniFocus supports. Uh, We'll stick that in the show notes and and you can check out more details there.
1: Nice. Um, I have two more examples. Uh, The first one, it's not based on URL schemes, as I mentioned. It takes advantage of um, a different ability for, work, for workflow to call up uh, a specific app extension without going through the share sheet. And my example is Transmit, which is the excellent uh, file manager and FTP client by Panic. There's an action called Save in Transmit, which doesn't bring up the share sheet. Normally, you would have to you know, open the share sheet, find the extension, and tap the extension. With this action, you can open the Transmit extension. It's the same one, but you can open it directly. And what you can do is you can pass a file to, the, to Transmit without having to do the encoding for Base64, because extensions, unlike your schemes, can accept any kind of file and document that you want to pass. And what you can do is you can provide an image to upload to your own server. And if you set up transmit properly beforehand in the transmit app, if you set, the, for example, let's say that you have an FTP uh, server, and if you set the local path and the root uh, URL in transmit beforehand, once you create this workflow to send an image to transmit, during the upload process, you will get this toggle at the bottom of the transmit extension that says copy link when finished. So directly from workflow, you can combine actions such as select photos, set uh, you know set variable, save in transmit, and then, for example, show web page. What's going to happen? Actually, you don't need to save to a variable. You can just pass the photo from the select photos action directly to transmit. What's gonna happen is you're gonna be presented with the iOS library, you know, for your photos. Pick a photo, Transmit opens. Uh, in the in the Transmit action in workflow, if you set a name for a favorite in Transmit, you're gonna go directly into the you know into the favorite server that you have. You tap upload, the upload finishes. The link is already in your clipboard. So what you do now is you combine get clipboard get clipboard and show web page in workflow. So after Transmit closes, Workflow gets the link from the clipboard because Transmit just put it there and it opens Safari View Controller into Workflow to show you the public version of the image you just uploaded with transmit without having to you know do crazy things like open Safari and paste the link you can just preview Safari right there and if you want you can you know dismiss Safari you can send Safari view controller to the full Safari browser uh, you can do anything you want and I've been doing this I've been you know playing around with my own FTP server it's really interesting stuff um, the last example. It's a new app that I've been trying for the past month. It's called Bear. It's a new note-taking app. It's made in Italy, which is kind of cool, i got to say. Uh, okay. And it's this, <laughs> it's this combination of a, of a Markdown text editor and a note-taking app. It's kind of like Apple Notes meets Evernote meets Markdown. I think okay. it's very cool it's very hmm. beautiful very elegant and it's got this rich already this rich URL scheme it's i would say it's j- probably just as flexible if not even more uh as Ulysses and it okay. lets you do a bunch of things like you can create new notes with the with the URL scheme you can pass around images and files You can, for example, you can pass screenshots and PDFs uh, through the 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 URL scheme again by doing the base sixty-four encoding. The problem is, in the current version, workflow doesn't have any any native bare actions yet. So if you want to automate bare, which I've been doing quite a bit, I've been sharing some workflows. In the in the Stories newsletter, and I'm gonna put one of the, one of those workflows as a you know as a as a gift as an extra into the show notes of this episode. Um, you gotta build your own URL scheme action manually, the old way. But even the old way in workflow is better than it used to be years ago. So you need to use uh, the a bunch of actions that I recommend. Um, so you can use. Um, open URL, uh, you can use the URL action to pass a link, to pass a URL scheme, which will open uh, using the open URL action in workflow. Or you can use openX callback URL if you want to do something else after the action has been performed. Um, I recommend, however, instead of using the URL action which has a tiny text field, and you need to scroll that text field and it's a little uncomfortable, you can use the text action in Workflow. I know you're going to say, but text is meant to pass text, not URL schemes. And it's true, but the text action has a larger text field that you can scroll vertically and it's easier to use. And once you pass that to the open URL action workflow, thanks to the content graph engine, which we talked about at the beginning of this series, we'll see that it's not text, you know, and you're not passing around the note with some paragraphs, you're passing around the URL scheme. So it's just easier when you need to work with apps like Bear that don't have native visual actions and you need to build your own uh, custom URL scheme the manual way, instead of using the URL action, use the text one because it's easier to edit, it's easier to scroll. Um, And again, there's going to be an example in the show notes, but uh, you can do some crazy things like, let's say that you're in Safari. Uh, Bear supports getting the Markdown contents of a web page. So you can Markdownify. <laughs> I know the Brad hmm. Terpster uh, uses this term. You can turn into Markdown a web page. This is especially convenient for articles, for example, uh, which get converted to Markdown quite beautifully. Because again, you know, Markdown is meant for pros and that kind of uh, mm-hmm. reading experience. And with Workflow if you create this uh, an action extension, a workflow that you can run in Safari, you're going to say, I want to get the the URL of the current web page, and I want to open this URL scheme, providing that URL as input. And Bear will see the link to the web page, will fetch the contents of the web page, and it will save a markdown version of it. Or you can do other things like, I want to put this file whether it's a PDF or an image or any other kind of document, really, into this existing note. And Bear, like Ulysses, is based on the idea of document IDs, um, these alphanumeric uh, strings of text that identify a single document into the app. So once you Build a workflow that includes these document IDs and once you create all the actions required to get in a file, whether it's from iCloud or from, from the photo library, encoding the file to base64, building the the bare URL scheme and opening that, you will end up with this file attached into an existing note, which is very, very nice. Um, and I have you know this workflow that I'm sharing uh, with our listeners is a based on the same concept. It allows you to to run the workflow from Safari, and it takes advantage of the Workflow Content Graph Engine to see what you select on a Safari web page. Once you select something and you run this workflow. The workflow will see that, you, that the user has selected something on a web page. It will get the rich text, not the plain text. It will get the rich text with images and formatting um, from Safari. It will convert that to Markdown using the native Convert Rich Text to Markdown action. And it will pass that to Bear, which will create a new note with the Safari selection in Markdown. So you just went from Rich Text in Safari to Markdown in Bear. You didn't have to do, you know, any manual conversion. You didn't lose formatting. You just put workflow in the middle and you let two apps communicate with each other. And in this case, you're using a URL scheme. Uh, hopefully in the future, there's going to be a native Bear action. So it will be a visual one and you won't have to see the URL scheme at all.
0: That's very really cool.
1: Yeah. Some final words of advice. Um, always remember to experiment. The apps category of workflow changes depending on the apps that you have installed. So, you know, make sure to play around, read the documentation always, remember to use variables, remember to to encode documents and decode documents and files that you pass around, you know, depending on what you need to do. the base 64 encode action is your friend when it comes to automation with you know uh, third-party apps based on URL schemes. And remember that you can always do crazy things, and workflow usually doesn't mind. You can combine stuff like show me the iCloud Drive document picker and then open Ulysses. And you're going to say, well, the, just two completely unrelated actions. But with Workflow, you can do things like open iCloud Drive. I want to choose a PDF. Then I want to send a PDF or that image to a new note. You can do the you know crazy stuff. And remember that you can mix and match the visual actions that you see in Workflow. They usually have text fields, and you can tap in on that those text fields and you can use variables or you can put ask when run you know it's a special token that if you're not sure uh what the you know let's say the title of a note has to be different every time if you don't want to use a variable and if you want to type the title of a note for ulysses manually every time use ask when run and when the workflow runs you will be asked to type it it's you know it's like magic um the choice is completely yours. Uh, There's complete freedom over this kind of third-party app automation. And when you don't see, for example, like Bear, when you don't see an app that is supported in workflow, look it up on the developer website. There's usually a link to documentation or maybe contact the developers on Twitter, send them an email. Usually, even if developers don't publicly document it, which is strange but some developers choose not to there's usually a url scheme you can use to automate that app and once you have a url scheme you can do some crazy things with workflow you can save a lot of time and finally i started doing a lot of my work on ios and on the ipad thanks to automation this is a topic that is really dear to me but i you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people got to know MacStories because of the crazy, insane things that I used to do with URL schemes, Launch Center Pro, Drafts, Pythonista, those kinds of apps. So I've been around this topic for a while. I've been covering this topic of launching apps, doing stuff with apps for a very long time. And believe me, what we can do today with Workflow is completely unlike what it used to be. It's so superior in so many ways. The simplicity of dealing with visual actions, using variables, getting documents, passing around images, using templates, like Fraser mentioned, that's something that we n- were never able to do three to four years ago. So um, I'm really happy that you know we're talking about this stuff because... I've been doing this for a long time. It wasn't this nice, so it's great that we have a better option today.
0: Yeah, we've we've come a long way in that period, haven't we?
1: Yeah, for sure. So yeah.
0: It's great, it's great. And it's kind of surprising that Apple still haven't purchased WorkFlow. Uh, but I'm not necessarily advocating that should happen. I'm just don't jinx
1: it, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that you know I, you know there should be like a baby workflow from Apple or something. I don't know, but uh, let's keep the one we've got because it's it's pretty great. Uh, so that is uh, that's Canvas Episode 24 for you. We've been talking about URL schemes, we've been talking about X callback URL, and we've been talking about integrating workflow with third party apps. We've still got a couple of Workflow episodes left in the tank, so we will be coming back to you in a couple of weeks' time. We'll be talking about some of the uh, integrations you can do with Workflow and the web, and we're going to talk about some more, uh, more advanced programming structures and features that you can do inside Workflow. So with that, we will catch you guys all in a couple of weeks' time.